If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Horror Hangout. Uh, Andy Conduit Turner here with a special episode following up from our series on Fright Fest. I'm meeting with another one of the creators that had filmed multiple films uh, in that festival this year. Uh, it's Andy Edwards. Hello, Andy. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am very well, thank you. We've just been discussing off uh, off mic some real life horrors and admin we're we're challenged with today, <laughs> yeah. but we're here to talk about the fun side of horror today and. Um, horror movies um we know you of course as a writer and director of several movies that some of our listeners will have heard um many people who attended fright fest will have seen some of your work live and in person and we will come to that shortly but let's begin as is tradition um with the very beginnings um what got you started as a filmmaker and what what lured you into the the horror genre in particular um i think it's something I've kind of always wanted to do since I was a kid, even though I didn't necessarily know what it involved. Um, the first, my first memory, I think, is of seeing Star Wars at the cinema. Um, not its original release. I'm not that old. But it's uh, slightly later, early 80s. Um, and being obviously, you know, fascinated as every kind of four and five-year-old is with it. But also getting um, like the making of books, yeah, which pre DVD extras and everything that was kind of how you learn about how films get made. Um, so I remember, you know, that was kind of my first introduction into the world that you know the spaceships and everything weren't real; they were they were models and everything. Um, and yeah, you know, and there were people here making these things. And then the horror in particular was. Um, just kind of early teens, early to mid teenage years, and I used to go to our local video shop, rent out things like Evil Dead, the early Peter Jackson movies, 
Um, and that's, that got me into horror, but also that made me realise that this was vaguely within reach. Because I think you watch Star Wars and then you see the making of, and there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and millions and millions of dollars. And then you watch Evil Dead or Bad Taste or Brain Dead. And, you know, you can see the joins, you can see how it was made. You know, these were, you know, regular guys with, you know, their mates making these things on the weekend. And suddenly you're like, oh, this is achievable from somebody who from Birmingham and has no connections to Hollywood at all. Um, so yeah, I've, you know, I loved horror for the stories and everything, but I think it was that accessibility in, in making me think, well, maybe this could be something that I could do rather yeah. than, you know, people in far off distant lands in Hollywood. Yeah. Completely out of reach. And I think hearing those initial films that kind of brought you into horror, you can certainly see that in as much of your work as I've been able to catch up on ahead of our discussion today. You can sort of see where the love of those genres and where the, particularly some of that, those styles of filmmaking have come in. I would be remiss if I mentioned we have a lot of trauma fans that uh, listen along. I've, I've certainly seen your name attached to, is it a trauma anthology uh, a way back now? Yes. Yes, it is. So that's always nice to get um, a credit on a trauma movie because uh, obviously that's, you know, the sort of DIY punk aesthetic. Um, and yeah, that was um, a short anthology, an anthology called Grindsploitation. Mm-hmm. And there's like 50 short clips. Everything's like a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Um, so I got a little short on there. So that was nice to have my name on a trauma movie. Yeah, and obviously so many people working in, well, not just horror, but but beyond, right? Some of our most prominent filmmakers today got their got their cut their teeth in trauma. So obviously in very good company. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the dream career progression, really, I guess. Going from, you know, Peter Jackson doing his low budget horror to Lord of the Rings, Sam Raimi going to do Spider-Man, um, yeah, James Gunn going on to do uh, Marvel stuff. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie at some point. Well, they're, they're, they're putting a lot out. It's like jury service. I feel you'll you'll get the call. Exactly. There's enough of them. There's enough of them. So I don't see why they can't give me one. Yeah. Um. I tell you what. We'll we'll take a sideline. Is there any property you know from the big world of infinite IPs that you'd really love to turn your hand to one day? Um. I mean, in terms of the big ones. I, you know, Star Wars was my first love, and I'd love to to have a go at that. And my, I've got a five year old, and he's just getting into Star Wars now, so it'd be nice to make something that he could watch. Um, I, I, apart from that, I'd love to do a Transformers movie. Yes, um, Transformers movie. I'd love to do one of those. I'd love to do a Warhammer movie, proper big budget. Um, Warhammer movie. I feel that um, that isn't a million miles away from happening. I, I like. I know that they're doing more. They're certainly pushing a lot of media's in other section. I was just at Thought Bubble Comic Convention of the weekend. They have you know officially licensed comic books that are all over the shop right now. So I don't think it's going to be a two. Certainly not going to be the dark and grim future of you know the year forty thousand before we see a um an actual Warhammer movie hit in our screens. I don't think. Cool. Uh, and just in terms of you know putting it out into the universe um if we're just talking about horror 
Um, I'd love to do a Hellraiser. Oh, I haven't seen the new one yet. It's on my to watch list, but I think just the sort of the drop off in quality that they went through, but it's such um, a fascinating world of infinite possibilities um, compared to a lot of the other long running franchises where you've got very much these set rules and these set bad guys and you know the killer is this and the killer does these things the world of infinite possibilities of you know these creatures from hell and the mythology and yeah there's um, a lot of scope there to take yeah, in any number of directions yeah. yeah it would be an exciting one to work through um so moving moving forward through your career i know there's a, a number of shorts that you worked on individually um that you released and then do correct me if i'm wrong Ibiza Undead 2016 is your first feature writing, directing um, piece, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the shorts were very much a kind of school for me to learn. Um, I did study film at university, but that was much more kind of theoretical um, and not practical. And so I had no kind of formal training. I didn't go to film school or anything. Um so making these shorts were very much my film school. And so I made a series of shorts called House Party of the Dead. Um, yeah, again, obviously very kind of influenced by, you know, uh, Romero and Raimi and that kind of thing. Um, and the, literally the first one was shot in an afternoon in my flat. Um, and, you know, the, the zombies had ketchup on them it did for blood. It was, it was as, you know, as cheap and cheerful as you could possibly get. Um, and then I just kind of learned the ropes by doing those. And then the fifth one, which I did, um, confusingly titled House Party of the Dead Six. Um, yeah, we had like 50 extras, professional makeup artists. And then that's what's led me into doing the feature at Ibiza and Dead. I was like, this has been my my film school of earning my stripes. Now let's go make a feature version. Let's go out there and make a make a feature version. And um, I've caught up with it. Um, for those listening now, at time of recording, at very least in the UK, it's available on Amazon Prime. You could mm-hmm. click through and watch it within moments as soon as you finish listening yes. to us it's here. It's free of course. on Amazon Prime. So. Yeah, and who hasn't got access to that these days? So get get yourself on there. Um, have a have a watch through. I did in preparation for us meeting there, and very impressed. A lot of. Um, a lot of great British like icons um, cast wise here, you know, especially like some of the opening shots, your, your villainous mastermind um, straight away. People will uh, know very, very well. Anyone who watches peep show certainly will see Superhands himself on, on screen uh, yeah. as a menacing white suited villain on the, uh, on Ibiza. Did you get yourself a, a bit of lovely time on, uh, on location when, when you were preparing? for the movie yeah i mean i think the reason why we got a good cast for it was because we were shooting in ibiza um <laughs> like you say do you want to do a low budget british zombie film and i think most people might roll their eyes if you say oh, do you want to do it in ibiza and you know, you oh, get okay. there, then suddenly people are like oh yeah yeah okay i'll be available i think yeah yeah um and so yeah matt king who plays uh super hands in peep show um yeah, that was one of those dream casting things. Huge fan of Peep Show and trying to think of a British actor about the right age. And I was like, oh, I'd love it if he'd do it. <laughs> and um, 
just contacted his agent and he was like, yeah, I've got a few free days. I don't see why not. Um, so here's a bit of movie trivia for you. Um, if anybody's about to watch this movie, right, see if you can spot this. Um, on the scenes on the boat, all the reverse shots of Matt um, are actually me wearing the suit, <laughs> his suit, because he had to leave early from the from the boat to go and film Paddington because he's in the first Paddington movie. Um, so there you go. So you, yes, so obviously they were paying him a huge amount more money. So he had to eat. He had to like run off from the set. So we were like, let's film all his scenes and then. We were like, let's do the reverses. He's kind of over the shoulder shots. Um, and, you know, everyone else, we had a small crew because we were on a boat. So everyone's holding a camera or a boom or something. So I was the only one not holding anything. So, <laughs> so get, get the suit on. He's standing on a box because he's a good foot taller than me. Oh, that's um, I may yeah. well have to go back and watch this again now, see if I can yeah. spot you. Um, yeah, but no, he, was, he, was, he was a dream. You know, he was obviously somebody I loved his work. And so yeah, it was great to get him on on board. We had a, quite a, a cast of kind of young uh, up and coming actors, so I think it was good for them obviously to work with somebody kind of who'd been there and done that. Yeah, and a great a, a, a fun a fun movie to go through and watch. So you know, phenomenal um, first you know debut feature as well. Like I imagine everything that you've done in the shorts all of a sudden is scaled to a hundred when you have an entire like 90, 90 plus minutes to, to get in there. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you've made a short, you've, you've kind of done everything that you need to do. You just need to get up and do that for three weeks and every day. And that's what, that's where it becomes an endurance. Um, Cause I, you know, anybody listens made shorts i'm sure there's lots of people who have you maybe you're doing two days and you've got that adrenaline up and you're like yes we're gonna make this and then but yeah, it's just keeping that up you've got to maintain that energy for that maintain much, maintain for that that much energy. longer and when everybody's in ibiza uh with a young cast and a young crew who maybe have gone out at night and haven't slept yeah yeah come on we're losing the light <laughs> chop chop everybody <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah it's like making a film on a club 1830s holiday um because yeah obviously we were all staying out there in villas and you know all of the cast most of the crew were in their 20s and yeah it was it was yeah it was it was the vibe we wanted but it was quite a hectic place to make a movie I can imagine. um because before going i was like i wonder why nobody shot much out there i think there was like kevin and perry go large and i think that was the only movie i could think that was set out there and obviously a lot of british people go there it's a very British rite of passage to go to Ibiza. Um, and then we got there and realised that the entire island is set up for one thing and one thing alone, which is just partying. And there's no infrastructure. At the time, it might have changed now, but there was no infrastructure for films. So any lights, any cameras, all had to come from either the UK or from mainland Spain. Uh, so... Oh well, fantastic! Like, like you pulled it off, uh, logistical challenges and all. We got you, you got through it, um, which has led, of course, to more uh, and where we, where we, where we come to the current day. Obviously, we had a couple of things that feature your talents in was were in Fright Fest this year, um, 
I think secondarily, we might touch on the ghost of Monday, which you're one of the writing room on that, correct? Many writers, one of yeah. many writers on that one, yeah. So a small part of that one. Yeah, um, but primarily you had one of the sections of Midnight Peep Show, which is a horror anthology, a British horror anthology film that came out of Fright Fest as well. Um, how was how was your experience there? Tell us about your segment. Tell us um, what people can expect if they still haven't checked it out yeah. yet. Um, well, yeah, I mean, still doing the festival circuit at the moment. Um, it's playing, I think, the Northeast Film Festival sometime this month, and then Horror on Sea, which is January. Um, maybe a few other appearances soon, but so, yeah, so it's only available at festivals at the moment. Obviously, we come to streaming soon. Um, yeah, so it's a horror anthology. There are three sections and a wraparound story. Um, the wraparound story concerns a down on his luck businessman who stumbles across this old Soho peep show um, and when he goes in and he looks through the little slots instead of seeing a naked girl he see this is our way into the, each of the stories so he sees kind of three tales of terror through it, it through each window and the last one kind of ties into him um, and it's very much kind of throwback to the days of Amicus in that a lot of modern horror anthologies are made by you know disparate groups of directors in different countries uh, and they all get kind of get put together this was shot um, consecutively the same crew uh, we just swapped out directors okay um, so that was the only thing that changed on each. So we had the same DOP. So it so it all kind of looks and feels consistent. Um, and the stories were written to interlink as well. So, you know, the hope is, you know, you can enjoy each story, but, you know, it also it is a cohesive movie. Yeah, you have a consistent experience through throughout the thing. I saw it when we were going through our Fright Fest materials. Um yeah, it's another like I think a really strong um, cohort of movies this year. Really, really diverse ball and a lot of fantastic movies. I enjoyed Midnight Peep Show a lot. It was uh, entertaining. Not just saying it because you're here, Andy. I did like your section the most, I think. But um, oh, yeah, well, um, my section is the it's the sort of light relief, I guess, in the midst of it, um, because the the kind of the concept. Um, was devised by one of the other directors, Errol Anthony Hales, who's also the producer. So he came up with the idea, uh, got Jake West on board, who a lot of people will know from his work. And so they wrote the script for everything together bar the middle section. And they had had a few ideas and nothing was gelling for them. Um, and then they'd seen my movie graphic designs um, and they were like, "Oh, you could be good for for filling in the middle, the middle section." Uh, and so I read the rest of the script, and it's quite dark. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's fairly heavy stuff. So I was like, "Okay, I think what it needs, especially is it's going to be the middle section, is something a bit more sort of blackly comic." Yeah. Um. So that was my section. So I wrote that specifically to fit in tonally uh, with the rest of the movie. And yeah. Give you and few laughs in the middle and you're right it is it has got some nice dark comedy to it in that in that midsection um and straight away again having 
since seeing that gone and you know experiencing your other work it brings that similar energy that i think we can see from your your writing in particular that has like kind of a like this darkly comedic edge to it as well so um yeah worth checking out if anyone hasn't already um as andy says available on streaming soon in the future we'll we'll be sure yeah, it's, it's, when we know yeah, where yeah there's this deals are still being struck as we speak um but yes it's got a couple more festivals to run uh, it'll turn up and then obviously people are attending festivals all over the world so keep a lookout for it on the circuit yeah um, and yeah the plan i know the plan is if it goes well is to turn it into a franchise so oh, there'll be a midnight peep show too with you know different bunch of of directors so we're seeing um, i think we're seeing a real resurgence of the anthology not that it ever truly entirely went away but between the successes of things like vhs that we've had what are they on their fifth installment now yeah um yeah it, it's and i always i'm a big fan of an anthology back from the creep show days so um i can't get enough personally they can continue to bring them out as long as they wish um yeah totally, yeah I, I love one i love them as well so um so what's what's coming up next i know you have some you're currently in the middle of filming some pickups for your next project that's correct yes so that's called punch uh and that's a seaside set slasher movie um featuring an evil mr punch um from punch and judy and that is we shot that um early this year in hastings we did a couple of pickups in clacton on sea um, and we've got one stunt shot to finish off, which we are shooting next week. Um, and that's yeah. I think people should hopefully like that one. It's you know, kind of teenagers being killed by the sea, similar to Ibiza and Dead, but uh, much less glamorous. Yeah, sea's a little um, colder. Yeah, a lot colder. So yeah, uh, no swimwear in this one. Um, it's set in a seaside town in winter. Um, nice. So it's. It's all about that kind of melancholy vibe of a seaside town in winter. And then you, so it's, the idea is it's meant to be the, the most British location you could possibly think of. And then you kind of bring this American style slasher plot into that. Right. Um, Cause we don't have a UK slasher here, a franchise. Yeah. We've done a few movies here, but there's no Freddie or Jason or, whoever that's british well i um, should keep my fingers crossed then to see we should punch as a homegrown right well be sure to share with us as that is progressing when it's coming out um we'd love to have you on to talk about that perhaps do it do yeah, an episode even yeah that would be fantastic um in the few moments that we have left andy i don't want to take up too much your afternoon but um let's ask you some other questions i know you've come a long way in in horror movies what one piece of advice would you give to someone who was starting an independent horror, horror creating now um i mean it's it's a really exciting time there's a lot of really talented people out there um so it's in a way a really good time and obviously horror is doing really well at the box office um so yeah just get out there and make your stuff really um you know, the, the lot of the barriers in terms of cost is still expensive, but obviously it's nowhere near as expensive as it used to be, um, are coming down. So, yeah, get out there and make that. And it is it is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, yeah, you have to keep at it. Have uh, some staying power, I think. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So um, 
Thank you very much, Andy, for your time today. Thank you to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, you can like and subscribe on all of your usual podcast platforms. We'll see you again for another episode soon. Uh, For now, goodbye. Keep watching horror movies. Bye for now, everybody. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.